Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Going to share something about being wise or foolish, but as Shane said, we're from Paketburg. That's up the west coast uh, in the um, on the N7. If you travel uh, past Malmesbury, Mariasburg, and then you get to Paketburg, that's wheat area where they plant wheat and canola. So just as a reminder, so all the provitas and the wheat picks and the bread and the rolls and the Portuguese rolls that you eat all come from our area. And the margarine from the canola, so you're well aware of that. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, you're stealing my thunder, but yeah, we're from Paketburg, but I'll come back to that a bit later. I'd like to say that it's an honor to be with you, and I value the time that we can be together and that we can share some of our journey. I'd just like to make a little statement, or a little statement, a statement as a foundation for us. Um, it's out of uh, Psalm, Psalms uh, 145. God is all mercy and grace, not quick in, to anger, and is rich in love. God is good to one and all. Everything he does is soaked through with grace. So let's just keep that at the back of our minds um, while we uh, chat a bit. I'd like to mention something at, at Corin. We've been married for 42 years, and that's Shante, um, our baby. <laughs> now, there was a time in my working career life, if I can call it that, that I was away from home quite often, very often. So, and it's all good, and you sort of justified your building on your career, and you're caring for your family, etc., and you're providing and then you're away from home and then it's a week and then it's two weeks and then it's etc it builds up and then you get worried and you think to yourself you know <clears throat> we've been married a few years am i still the man and the husband to my wife and my family uh, that i should be so i get home and i'm worried so i ask my wife karen how do you, what do you think about this, me being gone? Am I still the man of the house and the husband to you? And she was very wise. She's a very wise woman. And she said to me, you know, you are a model of a husband. Now, that's the most fantastic thing any man can ever hear. Until you go to the dictionary. Because <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what the, and you know, the dictionary says, it's a small, miniature, non-working <laughs> replica of the real thing. <laughs> so that burst my bubble a bit. <laughs> she was. <laughs> um, there's a scripture in Proverbs uh, 27, verse 12. A prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. A simpleton walks blindly and is clobbered. Now, it's a bit crude to say these words, a simpleton. Who, you know, who's a simpleton? I mean, but it's actually a wise person and an unwise person. Another translation says a wise and a shrewd person discerns danger ahead and prepares himself. But the naive simpleton never looks ahead and he suffers the consequences. 
Nou in Afrikaans, een slim mens sien probleme ver aankom en hy tref voorzorg, een dom mens karring net aan een beland in groot ellende. So, it's quite hard to hear this word, but it's true. And you know, we all face decisions every single day of many of our lives, every day. And if you, some are minor, and if you make the wrong decision, it doesn't really matter too much. If you forget to brush your teeth and you're on a call center, not a good thing, but never mind, nobody will notice. If you're heading towards town, you drive and you take the left lane, but both of them go to town, wrong decision, but you should have stayed, oh, it doesn't matter too much, but there are certain decisions that you make that have serious consequences and you wish that the tablet will stay on while you're talking, then it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, <clears throat> major consequences could be things like financial relationships, um, careers, etc. That if you make the wrong decision, you buy a car, you buy a house, you uh, get involved in debt that you might have felt a bit uneasy, but you went ahead. In any case, now along down the line, now it's, it's a problem. So certain decisions have consequences that you try to get out and you wish you didn't make them in such a way, but it happens. But I just want to explain something when I was a student. So a little bit of our journey is, uh, comes into this is that I was a student um, and you know, um, I learned a lot being a student. Uh, not about the academics so much, but I learned a lot of stuff that I never knew. So, I, you know, I come from the countryside, so I come into the city life and all this. And um, my friends and your mates and your fellow students, they're all involved in this partying. That's for them is student life and um, <clears throat> illegal substances that you're not aware of, etc. So I also at that time... Although I knew about God, uh, I knew a lot about God, but I actually rejected the idea of a personal God that is actually involved in your life, that's actually interested. And so for me, it was just not a nonsense. So I got involved in other stuff. I, I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly. It's a Bhagavad Gita. It's, I think it's, the, in any case, some book about some other foreign religion to me. And I read about it also in a way of searching for some answers that we all do, but I dropped that. It was a very scary book, and I didn't quite understand a lot of stuff there. But in any case, that was my the little background that I have as a student. At that time, I loved to hitchhike. We'd call it hitchhike. I don't know what you call it today. So you take your thumb on the road, backpack, and whenever I got a chance, I did that. And I, I, my parents obviously aged very quickly <laughs> every time I, they see my see my backpack so there was one time i was itching each uh, hiking i went up to Hateng, some friends and i met some fellow students you know it's all the things going on etc etc and i was heading back home i was broke and i just needed after this party i needed a place to stay and i remember this girl friend of mine was at a sort of a campsite in Gauteng doing some um, like competitions for music and, and all sorts of stuff, artist stuff. And I remember that she was somewhere there and maybe I can just bunk there for the night and the next morning I have a cup of coffee and then I'm heading back to Cape Town. So I did that, I got there 
And uh, and I saw I just slept somewhere in a <laughs> in a case. Uh, then um, the next morning I saw her, and then she invited me. This was like a Christian churchy thing, um, and people was all dressed up for church and uh, well groomed, and I was not. So I felt at like a square pig in a round hole. And she invited me earnestly to join her for this youth meeting thing, which I resisted because I wasn't, in any case I went, you know, the, they have this power over you to convince you to do something which you don't want to do, but you do it in any case. And I sat there through that meeting, was carrying on, for, I don't know, an hour or hour and a half. And um, they were singing, they were enjoying God, and I was grumpy, I was upset, I was stuck. And I couldn't get out, and I wanted to get out, and I couldn't wait for this thing to finish. So eventually, at the end of it, this preacher guy said, is there anybody that would like to have peace with God and um, accept Jesus as the way uh, to a new life? And it was like that. I felt terrible. I felt like I have lead in my body. And something today I know it's somebody took me to the front of this meeting and I stood there and all of a sudden I uh, just had my eyes closed I didn't actually know what to do at that point and I had my eyes closed and I saw this picture of a protest march you know thousands of people walking with a poster and shouting and screaming and I was also there with a poster and a banner and and all of a sudden, there were so many people that it just stopped, and I lowered the poster to see what was going on. This is all going through my mind. And as I lowered it, I saw I was standing on the edge of a cliff with my toes sort of dangling over it and the little stones and rocks falling down and people falling down, going down, and it was a terrible sight. And then a voice, <laughs> what else can I call it, said to me, if you give one more, one more step this would be you going down there and at that point i realized that god was talking so directly to me and somebody came to me and said to me uh, is there something you need i said i don't know but i feel terrible it's like a rock in my body and then they prayed for me and you know what god did at that point he just took that out and he gave me something of his own heart. Uh, at that, it was like an immediate thing. My, my life to change. I changed. And then, obviously, I didn't want to go away from that place. It was such an amazing experience for me. So this, this girl a friend that invited me to this meeting is now my wife. <laughs> well done. <laughs> That was for me a moment of decision. I didn't realize it. I didn't know the Bible, that the scripture I read earlier on. I didn't know that. But, you know, God is gracious and full of mercy and full of compassion for all of us, regardless of who and what we are and where we are and what we think of him or don't think of him. So, although in my mind, at my state of mind i was maybe looking for things and answers or looking for i i think we all have a sort of a filter at times we've already made up our minds and then we've tried to find evidence that will support our decision taken already they call this you guys that are 
academics, they, they call this, I believe, confirmation bias. And you have filters, and you filter out the stuff that you don't want to hear in any case. And that's what often happens. We look for evidence that supports our made-up um, minds already. And you, you see that the, the, the dilemma with that is when you have to make decisions, that plays a role on what you decide. So, um, as I said earlier, there are sometimes decisions that have serious consequences and you get to a point of no return. You've gone down this road, you can't get out of it. The contract, it's like a Vodacom contract, you can't get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when you die, you get to heaven and Peter says, no, you have to go back because there's another two months left on your contract. <laughs> Finish the contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just want to say there's a point of no return sometimes, but it's not a point of no forgiveness. Very important to remember. It's a point of no, because you've done this, and in this thing you have to get out of it, and God is gracious to allow you, but unfortunately uh, sometimes consequences in our decisions that we don't, we actually wish we never took that, you never bought that, or never got involved in this or that, but now you are there, but... I'm just saying that is sometimes the point that you cannot just easily just back away. There are consequences. It's not a punishment. It's just a cause and effect of what you, where, you, where you went. So, so what I just want to um, lay on our hearts is that God is very clever. So he will, if we wake up and we are aware and we're sensitive to him, you will let us look and see danger coming and make, take action. Now, that action is the wisdom that we need from God to do what to do now. Um, if you don't do it, then you're like a simpleton, you're naive, and you just carry on, and maybe you don't see it, maybe you don't care. Um, and then, obviously, there are other consequences that are very, very difficult to, to, to massage out of your life. But um, for, even for many years after that, I just told you that story about how my life changed, because um, that was a major decision time for me. But after that, I had many opportunities to, to go through the, the same cycle of deciding and thinking, and I made many, many mistakes. And I didn't fully understand, I didn't know God properly, and I didn't fully understand how he... I cannot say his unconditional love for me, his unconditional for me was just a word. Unconditional love, we use it all the time, God's unconditional love, but unconditional only, only became a real understanding for me recently, and which is terrible. I felt, I feel almost like wasted time, <laughs> which I didn't experience his great love and his unconditional and the effect of that love and understanding that love to think that God as my best interest in heart, in his heart, all the time. And never ever will he allow me, not allow me, but if I'm with him in, 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 uh, in his guidance, he will never push me into a direction or just let me go into something that will harm me or hurt me or kill me or whatever, or me or my, or my family or anything, because his word is so rich in the blessings and his promises. I decided, I'm sorry, I have to admit this, only recently, <laughs> a 
couple of years ago, I actually made a mental decision to believe God. If his word says this, I'm just going to do it. And you know, the relief for me is, well, I must just put it the other way around as well. If you think logically around it, if we can't trust God or his word, we're in serious trouble. If God is fickle, one day, you know, he says this, but you're not sure if he's going to, he's not going to stick by his words. You're not sure. If you're unsure about his, uh, his trustworthiness, uh, we got a serious problem. So I decided if I don't understand it, or I don't know, or I don't see results, it's not God, it's me, or something, I'm missing something, or whatever. So and that was a major, I would say, bridge to cross in my mind. And we've experienced so many great things just flowing out of that, uh, our family. And um, I'd like to end off that um, I also lived in this, I would say, um, re religious environment where I tried very hard to, after my early experience, to, to keep God happy. And just to make sure that, you know, he's happy with me and that I'm happy and, and I didn't always get, I never got to that point because we can't. And I've given up because now I understand that it's impossible, impossible to, to impress God. There's nothing I can do or you can do to make God love you more or less. It's impossible because he's made up his mind. So regardless of what we do, what we have done, what we still will do, he will never change on his about his opinion of us or me and you know that is so profound i'm still getting a grasp on all of this because it's so huge that god is actually maxed out the way he feels about us you can't you can't feel more better or impressed with us then he already does because he looks at us and he appreciates and he loves us through his son Jesus, which he maxed out for us. So that is the incredible, incredible love story that continues uh, forever. Our more, our more recent journey is that um, Karen, myself, God planted, a, I would say a dream, but it sounds a bit weird to say a dream. It sounds like our dream, but in any case, we called it that many years ago to go to do mission work for him so we just left it because our children were small and we left it and we forgot about it it's sort of this dream and you're never going to get to it and then recently god revived this when the truth i think of all his great love just the awareness of his goodness came this revived that again so we became excited and we didn't know what's going to happen, where we're going to go, and all that. And this, only this past year and a half, God has made uh, possible for us to be go through a period of preparation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and that really kickstarted us. And earlier this year, uh, this God said to us, "This is your time. This is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to go." And God never spoke to us so, so vividly and real and on the mark as ever before. So it's quite amazing. Uh, that um, and also realize that God always wants to speak to us like that, but you know I didn't know that. <laughs> so the long and the short of that is that uh, we are not from Phuket Burke anymore. 
We're still from Grace Life, but just in another place. <laughs> so we're heading for Albania. Um, that's where we feel God and the Eastern Balkan countries where the gospel is difficult and it's um, not always welcome. And uh, the countries have gone through many, many years of devastation and hardship and wars and stuff. In a case, that's where, we, where we're heading. Uh, we're going to Portugal, via Portugal, just to get a, a permit, a residence permit in the EU that make life a bit easier to travel. So we, uh, yeah, as I said, we're not from Pickardberg anymore, but we're still from Christ Life. And obviously that is our hometown in terms of this um, journey. Uh, um, the last couple of years, we've been there for three and a half years. That has been the most amazing time of our lives. So. so I just want to leave this invitation to all of us. Uh, it's an invitation from, from God, I believe, just as the basis that God is merciful and gracious and full of compassion for of all of us, slow to anger. He's not in a rush to do anything that we, uh, that we cannot see in his love. But then there is something that he wants us to take note of, is that, be wise in his wisdom. If you see danger coming, if the red lights go on, if the, you feel uneasy, I'm not talking about the easy ones, like the brushing your teeth, but if it's relationships or long-term things that can affect you, one must take note um, and be wise and not be unwise or I want to say naive because that is what God wants to guide us in. That is the provision that he gives to us through his Holy Spirit. And that's the way he lives inside of us, not to be ignorant. And God is a, has, a, has a great future for every single person. And you know, if God can change two serious introverts like Karen and myself, I mean, on the other side of the pendulum, <laughs> To where we're going now, that is, uh, no, that's a miracle on, on its own. Then we, um, all of us can really make an impact on people that are, that are hurt. We are all, somehow life hits us and bashes us around. We, God heals us as well, but we can part of, be part of the healing of people and of nations here and wherever we are. Amen. That's awesome. Really uh, encouraging. Thank you, Johan. You know, I, I was speaking to an unbeliever. We had a couple of unbelievers here last week. And um, I knew I, it was funny because when I was preparing for last week's message, God told me like, not to teach on the next installment of the gifts, but to speak on salvation. And I was like, if I've done that once, I've done that twice. <laughs> I've done that many times. Yeah, I do it every week almost. And I just, uh, out of obedience, did that. And I spoke to a couple of unbelievers afterwards, and it was really awesome. But the one uh, came up to me. Well, uh, he came, and the uh, person who brought him left him with me. Um, <laughs> it wasn't just you. There was two people who did that. And then he, um, uh, uh, he says to me, I'm an introvert. And I said, welcome to the church of introverts. <laughs> Because uh, if I was to ask you to put up your hand, which I won't, because that goes against the introvert code. <laughs> Most of us would put up our hands. But uh, yeah, that was really just encouraging. I, I, I was really blessed by just the thought of if we can't trust God, then, then we're in serious trouble. 
And sometimes we find it so difficult to trust God for provision, to trust God, and we feel like He's saying this, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if I, you know, it's kind of like He's the most trustworthy voice in our lives, you know. So we should just trust Him and jump. It, it, it's really awesome. Uh, but I wanted to say this, and in, 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 um, just following on from what they were saying, uh, what, what Johan was saying now, and that what I, what I love about them, what I can see is that um, you know, the, the bit of time that we've spent with them, I can see that Karen and Johan love each other. And, you know, we can see it by, from the dinners we've had with them now, the meals, and then from just the interaction even before they stayed with us for a few days, when it was at uh, different events and stuff, you know, um, uh, I've seen that. Um, but then I can also see that their daughter, Shantae, you, you love them, and I can see that they love you, and that's a good testimony, amen? For a teenager. <laughs> that's a good testimony. That the, and, and that, you know, what I love is when I heard from Charles about, you know, Johan want, and, and, and Karen and family wanting to go uh, uh, to, to potentially Albania or Eastern Europe, after doing School of the Believer, after receiving the word at Piketburg, they're feeling stirred up and they're wanting to go as, as uh, missent missionaries. Um, you know, that really blessed me. And that here you've got um, people from Piketburg. <laughs> you know, it's like, where's that? The, 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 I remember the first time, you know, in, 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 I don't even know when it was, 2012 maybe, we had uh, this family come and they greeted me after the service in Stellenbosch and they were like, we come from Piketburg. I was like, that's great. I don't know where that is, you know. <laughs> and uh, they kept coming every Sunday. That's a long drive. Every Sunday they kept coming. And then eventually they were like, uh, can't we have a, a, maybe a, a church in Piketburg? And I was like, sure. <laughs> anyway, the rest is history. But what I love is how they, they, they were humble enough to receive the word from, uh, uh, you know, from chart there and from the school of the believer and then to, to allow it to challenge them to now go to the other end of the world, you know, to, to as introverts, go and uh, uh, reach the lost, make disciples, and uh, uh, not with a salary. You know, not with uh, the security of what, what most of us are seeking. But, you know, there's a huge need, in, 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 especially in Eastern Europe. Especially in Eastern Europe. I mean, the first time I went there, I've, I think you may have heard me say this, but I came back after going to Albania the first time, and I was like, God, South Africa doesn't deserve us. We shouldn't be here in, in Grace Life as a whole. There's too many options. Like, let the other churches do the work. Let us go where there's no church, because in Albania there's like no options. None. You're either Christian and you go to a church or you're not Christian. There's no in-between. <laughs> there's no uh, uh, big options in the sense of I go because of the worship. <laughs> I go because it's a, a nice place to hang out and get coffee. There's like, it doesn't happen like that there. It's completely different. People don't know what church is. They think it's a building. They don't know how to operate in a service. I mean, in one of the services, I had to say to one of the, the, the young people, like, um, can you please get off your phone? Because I'm trying to teach everybody. And then, I mean, in the same breath, I'll call forward someone, and they get mirac miraculously healed of something, and we have an atheist get born again because of it. Yeah, it's like, in, it doesn't, the, the cell phone didn't disturb the, the, the anointing, it disturbed the people around them. <laughs> All I'm just saying is like I really respect and honor and, and, and are thankful for Karen and Johan 
Um, not only for the street cred they gave me with my father-in-law, but, <laughs> but because it's like, wow, you know, we've got people in Grace Life who, they, they, you, you guys weren't elders there, were you? You're on the leadership team, but they, knew, they weren't ever ordained as elders. Um, you know, they weren't in full-time ministry, and then they were like, we're called to go, let's go. And an even greater testimony is Shantae saying, you know, I'm going with. She's not kicking and screaming. I haven't heard her kick and scream once. <laughs> you know, and, and that's really a great testimony. So it's like, it's really, we can, we can honor them, we can respect them, and I want to encourage you that if you even feel to, to support them financially as partners, uh, then, then, then uh, you can speak to me or you can speak to them. Where, where we've got them on the system now, uh, and, and you, can, you can support them on a monthly basis. You just commit to a year, and then after that you can decide if you want to continue on. And it's not because they're desperate and they're using second-hand tea bags or anything like that. It's because you believe in what they're going to be doing there. Because Albania needs this. Eastern Europe needs this. And I can promise you this. In the next year, we'll be sending many more to Eastern Europe specifically. You know, someone, one, one, uh, um, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just not going to. Amen? <laughs> Amen. There's something, I was like, there's so, there, I don't know how to say this puzzle that's in my head. But it's like somebody said to me something about once, you know, but what if, you can't send everyone from church, you know, to, to the nations. I was like, I'll easily close down the church. You know, I don't know which campus I was referring to, but I was like, I'll easily close the campus down. If everybody wanted to do school with a believer and nobody wanted to stay, I'd say to the few that wanted to stay, hey, there's a great church down the road <laughs> that will be happy to entertain you and love you and counsel you and bury you one day. We, 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 we're, we're going. <laughs> you know, because why? There's a world to win. 3.2 billion people have no hope of receiving Christ unless a Christian finds them. Why do I say that? Because they don't know a Christian. 3.2 billion people in the world don't know a single Christian. That's a third of the world. They, it's not like they, they know a Christian, but they're choosing not to be a Christian. They, they've never met a Christian. They don't know of a church. They've never seen a Bible. That's why we've got work to do. So, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted them to be here and for, for Johan to share was also just to stir you up not to necessarily go to Eastern Europe, but to just go into your world and realize that there's people who need to hear what you know. You know we, we've got people here that we'll be sending soon, I'm sure. And I look forward to those services. <laughs> it's never nice. I remember the first, the first couple we ever sent was uh, Carl and Alicia. And uh, I remember it was, it, was, it was magnificent how much resistance there was. Because Alicia was uh, doing everything and anything. And she was leading the women's ministry and she was doing this and she was doing that and she was organizing the conferences and she was everything, 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 everything. And uh, 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 Carl was the one putting out all the chairs perfectly in order. Like nothing's out of place. And he was making sure the lights are there. He was so dependable, so reliable. It was amazing. And then I, I knew it was them, but I announced to all the leaders, I said, listen, we need a pastor in Albania because the, the pastors there that we were supporting have decided not to be there anymore. It's a long story. And I just said, you know, so we need to send someone. And I said, you know, pray about it, but if no one wants to go, 
I'll gladly go. <laughs> so I knew it would get people praying. And, uh, you know, then, then Alicia and Carl came and they were like, we know we're not married yet, but we really feel like we should go. I was like, amen, I felt the same thing. And so we, we, I did their wedding in December of whenever it was, 2000 or something. And uh, it was amazing, 2015. And I remember after we now pronounce you man and wife, you may now kiss the bride. Now we'd like to ordain them into the ministry. And so at their wedding, we ordained them into the ministry. They went into, onto honeymoon for two weeks. They took their bags and they went. And they said that was the best thing that could have ever happened to their marriage. <laughs> because there was no one else there. It was just them. It was really good for them. And, you know, they, they, they don't have a massive church. They've got a home group. But they're making a huge impact there. You met Claudia. You met Avi. That's because of what's happening there with them. That's amazing. And, uh, uh, it was, it, it, you know, they just went. And now I had people, when I announced that Carl and Alicia are going, people coming up to me and saying, but who's going to disciple my wife? And I said, what's wrong with you? And, uh, <laughs> but who's going to put the chairs out? Same answer. <laughs> what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't care if we sit on the floor. I was very popular. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I even had a few months later people saying, maybe we must call them back. You know, I'm like, maybe you must rather grow up. Because they're making a bigger difference. They needed it more than, than we need them here. You know, we've always been about let's send, let's reach out, even if we're small. And at that stage, we weren't big either. But now because of that attitude of people need to be reached, you know, we've, we've got seven campuses, one in Eastern Europe, and it's ma they're making huge, significant, significant change and differences in their community, in people's lives. If I can tell you about the number of marriages restored, the number of uh, uh, people's lives transformed and changed, it's amazing. Amen? So, Father, I want to thank you for Corin and Johan, and I thank you for the blessing that they are to uh, 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 all of us and to Shante. I thank you, Father, for the message brought, and I thank you for just a, a stirring to take place in our hearts and realizing that there's a... There's a whole big world to reach. And you want to use people like us. Thank you, Father, for the many miraculous testimonies we're going to hear coming out of their obedience to go. Thank you for the blessing that they're going to be to their family and in Portugal while they're there. And thank you for the blessing that they're going to be to Carl and Alicia and supporting their Thank you, Father, that your heart is to strengthen what's happening. And so that's why you're sending them. But thank you, Father, firstly, that through their testimony, through their story, you're stirring up our hearts for your heart's mission. Because your desire is bigger than what we're thinking of most of the time. Thank you, Father, that we can be part of it not just by going into all the world, 
but by going into our world and by giving towards people like Karen and Johan who are going into all the world. And Father, I thank you that as you're speaking to our hearts now, that, that even you're putting it on people's hearts to, to, to partner with them for specific amounts uh, on a monthly basis for the next year to support what you're going to be doing in and through their life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. But also thank you, Father, that as you're, you're speaking right now, you're, you're stirring something up in some people's hearts concerning the nations and concerning uh, 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 reaching out and, and uh, uh, you know, just packing bags to, to go on mission and, and live on this adventure, which is not always easy, but it's always rewarding. Some go, some, some stay, and, some are, and those stayers are senders through their finances, through their prayers. Thank you, Father, that, that we can be part of your global, worldwide rescue plan, no matter where we are, no matter who we are, no matter what we do. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.